Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard Runaway by Lydia Lovelace yet, but yo. That's my joy! That's my joy! Yo, displace the guilt and embrace the What's good, friends and family, neighbors near and far? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. John Bolaris, a.k.a. Nate 3.0, back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. On today's episode, my guest is singer-songwriter Julia Pratt. We have a tremendous conversation about her music and the industry and so much more. Well, I could tell you all about it right now, but hey, Spoilers! You'll hear it all in a minute. But first, what is going on, John Scouts? Well, the weekend is over and with it brings a close to the 2023 Exponential Music Festival presented by Subaru. And boy, howdy, what a weekend this was. You know, thanks to Tropical Storm Ophelia, the weather put an enormous cramp on the festivities, causing cancellations and the need to consolidate the lineup into a tighter window for safety. But big shouts out to WXPN for making the tough calls needed to be able to still get some music on. I can't imagine being tasked with those challenges, and they were still able to make a fantastic weekend out of it. So kudos. And to me, as great as the station and the music are, what makes this festival is the community. And gang, it was just a joy to watch our community out there in the wetness still enjoying and supporting music. It was so great to see all kinds of friends out there, old and new, and to meet some of you and chat with you all. You know, shout out to Greg and Bluebell and his lovely wife, and of course, Bruce and Kristen and Matt and Roger, and the Tough Cookies. My God, I love this festival. Our homie Don McCluskey was amazing. Margot Price was killer. Say she she phenomenal, including an unplanned firework display. Old Crow Medicine Show did their thing. Balin was incredible. Sammy Ray and friends absolutely slayed, and they can count me as a new friend and fanatic. 89-year-old Bobby Rush put on a show that blew everybody's minds, and Wednesday was absolutely transcendent. Layla McCalla brought it. Allison Russell was stellar. Josh freaking Ritter owned the stage with a solo acoustic performance. And Bruce Hornsby laid it down. And then, icing on top of such a memorable weekend of cake, community, and music, low-cut Connie and our buddy Adam absolutely leveled the place with a closing for the ages. You know, I was incredibly bummed that my guest today, Julia, didn't get to play as she was one of the acts I was looking forward to seeing the most. We actually talk about that in this episode. But you know what? That's all right, because we can all catch Julia at World Cafe Live on October 11th as part of the Philly Music Fest. She is on an incredible bill with Marion Hill, Saturn, Trap Rabbit, and our pal and former guest Ryan Gilfillian and Sophie Coran. 
Well, I'm going to be there, so you should be there. Pick up some tickets and come check out some dope music with me. All right, real quick. Are you on the mailing list? Get on the mailing list. What are you waiting for? Go to www.yothatsmyjohn.com and click the link to jump on the list. I send out one email per episode and that's it. And that's got some links to some of the stuff we talk about here. And sometimes I drop little treats. Like in the email that went out with this episode, I shared some links to a project I recently got to be a part of. Some of you know I'm a disc golfer. Well, I recently teamed up with Heiser Media to provide content commentary for their coverage of the third annual Fort Washington Open presented by D-Town Disc Golf. And it was so much fun and a great card of play to watch four pros tackle the course I played a small part in building. So, www.yothatsmyjohn.com. Check out the mailing list. Check out some merch. Find links to all the socials, which of course is at Yo That's My John if you're not already following. We're on them all. Go follow us. All right. One little tiny ad break and then my interview with Julia Pratt. Yo, That's My John is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, it is festival season. And you know me, I love a festival. And the secret to enjoying a festival is to stay hydrated. Liquid IV has you covered while you prep before, power through to the headliner, and recover after the weekend. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Man, I love Liquid IV. It comes in a convenient packaging, and it's tasty. When you see me at the Exponential Music Festival this fall, you know that I will have Liquid IV on me. And it comes in 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. All right, strawberry used to be my favorite, but they have this new one. It's strawberry lemonade, and it is a banger. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. Okay, and you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code YTMJ at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code YTMJ at liquidiv.com. Do it, and let's get our fests on. My guest today is a Philly-based singer-songwriter whose music blends pop, jazz, R&B, and folk with dashes of electronic production. Her lushly layered vocals dance delicately, mesmerizing and intensifying her already beautifully emotional lyrics that examine family and love and betrayal and grappling with the concept of self. 
in the past year. She has played some high-profile gigs, including opening for Hosier on his pop-up show in Philly and opening for Mount Joy at their homecoming shows at The Man this past August, and with whom she worked with on her single A Little Love, which has reached almost 2 million streams on Spotify already. Her next single, Julia Baby, is set to be released this Friday, September 29th, on all streaming services. Folks, it is my honor to welcome to the show, Julia Pratt. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by the great Julia Pratt. (laughs) Julia, thank you for joining me on Yo, That's My John. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So um, I don't know if you remember or not, but we met at um, Inside Hustle back in May. Um, You were a a panelist there and you had some fantastic stories. So I've been really looking forward to getting the opportunity to pick your brain and stuff like that. So thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was such a fun panel. And I'm glad that we got to meet and that we're doing this. Heck yeah. So uh, tell these folks a little bit about yourself. uh, For Where are you from? Yeah, so I'm originally from Philly. Um, I'm 22 years old. I'm a singer-songwriter. I uh, I feel like those are probably the most important things about me. Um, yeah. Um, so, like, uh, what what uh, are, like, your early music memories? What kind of stuff do you remember, like, playing around the house? What were your folks into and all? Yeah, so my dad was definitely, like, the musical connoisseur of our household. He... Um, he was a big jazz guy, so I grew up listening to like Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, all that. Um, he was also a big classic rock guy, so I listened to like The Doors, The Who, um, The Beatles and The Beach Boys found themselves in the mix a lot. Um, so I definitely, there was a little bit of country mix in there too, like Willie Nelson and like Toby Keith. Like I feel like I definitely had a, a wider like exposure as a kid and... Um, yeah, I feel like all of those things definitely like are in my songwriting, but I'm not like really conscious of them. It's just like that young age, like brainworm, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll, I'll keep an ear out for the uh, Toby Keith to come cycling into your songwriting. <laughs> yeah, it's on its way. We're, we're getting more country. That's great. So like, um, were you, were you playing instruments early on? Were you like an early adapter into making music? Yeah. So um, my parents enrolled me in piano lessons like a lot of kids when I was like five. Um, So I played piano pretty young, um, got really into cello. I was like, I listened to a lot of classical music on my own as a kid. I don't really know how that happened. Um, So I played cello for a couple of years. But I think like the biggest um, like influence for me as a player was I picked up saxophone when I was eight and I played for about eight years. It was like my my thing, my love. And um that kind of eventually transitioned into me singing because I wanted to, to sing what I was playing, but obviously I couldn't do both at the same time. So uh, that's kind of my my playing progression throughout my lifetime so far. Oh, cool. Well, did you did you play saxophone in school and stuff like that? Yeah, I played in um, like jazz ensembles in school, like all throughout elementary and middle school. Okay, okay. Any marching yeah. band in your uh, in your past? I don't think I had the physical stamina for that. <laughs> quite honest i considered it for a little bit in high school but um like we had we only had a drum line in my high school and so like once i got at that point in my education i was like i'm just gonna start singing like i i feel like there weren't a ton of opportunities to play so i kind of transitioned myself into something else 
Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so, like, uh, uh, when you early on playing sax and stuff like that, were you kind mm-hmm. of thinking about uh, songwriting at all, or or were you just excited to be making music? I was just excited to be playing. I think, like, I've I've always been writing. Like, since I was a kid, I wrote a lot of poetry, and so, but I never really thought about combining it with music until like late middle school, high school. Um, so I really was just focused on playing and like having a good time i love playing in ensembles it was like my favorite thing ever like just to be a part of making something so big was really fun for me so that was definitely my focus oh it's interesting because like uh and obviously we'll get to it but um you've done really great collaborations with people so like the 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 yeah. fact that you enjoy that like ensembleness makes sense in how well you collaborate oh well thank you yeah i definitely think it plays a part <laughs> So, um, so when you started singing, like, um, uh, when, when did guitar enter the picture also? Like, uh, cause you're a great, uh, guitar player yeah. too. Oh, well, thank you. Um, so, I mean, like over the years, like post high school, I think I, I like, there were like weeks where I'd pick it up and be like, I'm going to play guitar. And then it always like found its way back into my closet. Um, I only like really seriously started playing in July of last year. So it's been like a little over a full year of like playing most days and like kind of taking it more seriously. Wow. Uh, how, mu- how much of the uh, cello influence help, like kind of helped make that navigation over to that, to the guitar? You know, I think it helped a lot. Uh, maybe not like in conscious ways, but like I, I kind of like, it's just ingrained how to like hold, hold an instrument and like moving your fingers around like a fretboard is like just a thing. So I definitely think it helped a lot. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, definitely. So like, uh, so, so you start singing and, and, and you had been writing poetry. When does kind Mm -hmm. of the first song come about? Like the first real thing that you put together? I wrote my first song in eighth grade and it was so bad. (laughs) It, It was bad and terrible, but also like really fun. And I think that was the first moment that I was like, Oh, like I, I can actually like combine these things on my own. Um, yeah, it was just like, I think I was actually in a little band at this like music school that I took saxophone lessons at. And um, we had this lead singer who was like, not great at writing songs. And so I thought I'd give it a go. And it was really fun. And I think like, I just kept I didn't stop after that. Yeah, it's like a drug. Like once you once you get a taste of that, it, there's there's yeah. no turning around. The um, does 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 this yeah. song exist anywhere? Like if I were to get my super Google's on, would I be able to comb the internet and find this song? Oh God, uh, maybe there might be like uh, an iPhone, a 2014 iPhone quality YouTube video somewhere. I don't even know if I want to give you the details of it though, because it's not good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. These are my favorite things. Like I love finding like um, people's old band camps that they forgot still existed or their own sound, old SoundCloud accounts. And it's like, hey, what about this song? And it's yeah. like, why do you know that? And it's like, well, I, I'm a Googler, <laughs> you know? Yeah, a Google fiend. Yeah, I like the deep dive. Um, so so when, when, when do you start kind of playing songs that you wrote out um, in front of people? Like, hmm, I think... Um... I'm trying to think of the first time I actually performed something. It might not have been until after high school. Um, 
Yeah, because I, I was in an acapella group in high school. So I got a lot of my first like performance experience, like singing with them and like my first like solo experiences and all that. But I think I really stuck to covers for the first few years of my songwriting journey because I just like wasn't super confident in my songs. Um, I think the first time I ever played was actually like in Atlanta. I, I took a gap year after high school and like lived in Atlanta for a bit. And I played at some like it was like a small business grand opening and I like sang a few of my songs and like nobody cared. And it was like the perfect introduction to like playing live in front of people who were like not there to see you. So it was, I think it was probably like one of the best introductions to that, to the live music scene. <laughs> That's great. You know, I I've often said um, as a musician to me, um, one of the greatest compliments when I know I'm doing something successful is um, not when someone goes overboard and praises me and not when somebody completely uh, craps on me, but when no one <laughs> pays attention and they're like, it's just perfect background music, you know, or something like that. Or it's like, it doesn't stand <laughs> yeah. out to them as being one thing, one extreme or the other. I'm like, okay, that's successful because like they didn't, it, it didn't, it didn't make them hate me and it didn't make them love me. It just worked, you know, like. Yeah. And there's an acceptance there, you know, like when you're the accepted background music, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Because if you were terrible, you would have stuck out and somebody had been like, ah, can you like turn it down or like not do what you're doing right now? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so, um, so you mentioned the acapella groups and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. you, you know, and you, and you had this like good, uh, jazz background, uh, uh, for a good point there. Was there any thought of doing like a, um, a more of like a jazz vocalist kind of, um, uh, uh, path, I guess is the word I'm looking for there. Or definitely i think in my like my late teens i really really wanted to like be a jazz vocalist and then i think that like i think i looked into classes for it actually like when i was going into college and i think like once i actually started approaching the technical side of it i was like nah i don't think i have i don't think i'm built for this it's like such a sport in and of itself and like there's so many like rules and just like traditions and i felt like i loved so many other types of music too and like i i wanted to explore writing in different genres that i didn't really want to commit myself to like being a, a style vocalist not that obviously jazz singers can't sing other things but i just kind of wanted to have more fun with it and not kind of make it into a like a learning project for myself you know yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. And, you know, like it was interesting, you know, digging through the, the catalog of everything you've released, you know, in prep for this and stuff like that. Like listening to a song like Fallout feels like it could work as a perfect quartet. And it, it just has mm. like this kind of, you know, hip uh, backbeat to it is the only thing that kind of throws it off. But like you can definitely hear yeah. the influence in there. And I can like I, I was just, you know, listening to that song kind of droning out, just kind of thinking about like what a what a quartet uh, version of a lot of your <laughs> songs would sound like, because, you know, like I'm, I'm a big sucker for unplugged and storytellers and stuff like that. So any any kind of thing yeah. where you can strip production down and all. But um, but no, like, uh, well, that's awesome. you know, like but but your influences are definitely kind of baked in there like you can kind of hear you know those 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 jazzy flavors in everything you've done so far you know um you, yeah. you mentioned you mentioned college where did you where did you go to college 
So my, my college trajectory is not a traditional one. Um, I think that I've like enrolled in like five different colleges and only attended two. I've like backed out at the last moment. So I was, I was going to go to to Temple straight out of high school. And then I was like, no, I'm going to take a gap year. And um, when COVID hit during 2020, I ended up moving home to LA where I had been like, um, I deferred a year at this small Jesuit school called Loyola Marymount. So I ended up going there for my first like traditional year. A couple months into it, I was like, I can't do this. Um, I applied to Belmont and got in. And so I was going to go to Tennessee. And then I was like, actually, I think I want to stay online. I like being online. And so then I applied to Berkeley and now I go to Berkeley online. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, look, you, you, sometimes you got to stick your toe in the water in a bunch of different waters before you yeah. decide what pool you want to jump in. Yeah, I get it. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's just one of those things too. It's like, I, I knew also that I wanted to do music. Um, but I think at first, like fresh out of high school, I was just really afraid to like take a step. I, I definitely, I don't come from a family of musicians. Like come from a family of like doctors, lawyers. And I was like, oh, like if I don't get a like a traditional college degree, like I don't know what I'm going to do if this doesn't work out. And so and, like I had that like wrestling period with myself where I was like, am I going to commit to this? Like, am I, whether it be in an educational way or am I just going to go out and do it? And I think it took a couple of years for me to like back myself a little bit and like trust myself that like this was something that I could do. So if, if anyone listening is struggling with that, you're not alone. I've also, I've had a, a hard path in this life. <laughs> That's awesome. You, you, you mentioned um, uh, COVID, which was a, a great uh, thing that happened for all of us, I suppose. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> not, nothing great about it. Uh, what was, what was, uh, no. what, what was uh, COVID like um, as someone like just kind of leaving high school and kind of like, oh, mm. now I can't start anything in life. Like what was, what was that like? It was really hard. I think, um, like, I had all these grand plans to, like, return to school the next year and, like, start over. And I think I had a lot of anxiety, like, especially taking a gap year of, like, falling behind people, like, all my friends who were already in their first year. And I think that, like, there was just definitely a period for me where I was, like, oh, like, I've made the biggest mistake of my life, like, not even starting school because... I kind of knew like I probably wasn't ever going to get like the quote college experience. And I think when I was younger, that was really important to me. I grew up like moving around a lot. And so like I had never had like the full high school experience or like the full I didn't go to prom or like even my graduation. And so I was just kind of like, damn, like I'm not going to have this one thing that I wanted. Um, But I think also I mean, COVID obviously was terrible for everybody involved, but I think it, it gave me a lot of revelations about like life is so unpredictable. And like, even if I take up like a, a seemingly like easier, or, like more concrete path, like roadblocks will be thrown at us regardless. And so I think it honestly helped me to kind of like sit down with myself and figure out what I want to do and like how I can just do that to the best of my ability, like regardless of what's happening all around, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it it was, it was a chance for everyone to spend a lot of time with themselves and really kind of learn who they are, you know, and, uh, um, (laughs) for better or for worse. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, you start to find the stuff that you love about yourself and then the stuff that you're really not so sure about, you know, (laughs) but, uh, um, so, so uh was it was it over the pandemic that um the the whole sneakerella thing happened because that's that's wild yes. to me 
Uh, yeah, tell these that, folks a little bit about that. Yeah, that so that was definitely a weird one. Um, I was at LA at that point, so I was doing like online school from home, and I had had a few with this producer in LA, Theron Feimster, and he he kind of became a mentor to me for like how to even like get my foot in the door as a songwriter. And he really like believed in me. We had a few sessions writing for other artists and it was just really cool. And he called me out of the blue one day on like a Sunday, I think, and was like, can you hop on Zoom? Like, I need you to write a song. He gave me zero information, like what it was for. All he said was like, make it upbeat. And I didn't have like a home studio or anything. So I was like in my mom's closet on like an Amazon mic and, um, he was making the track on zoom while I was writing like the verse and we just like, I literally like recorded my vocals and sent it to him. And he was like, okay, like I'll let you know what's happening. I think like a week or two later, he was like, Oh yeah. Like that was for like a Disney soundtrack song. And like, we're going to keep your voice on it. And like, you now have a Disney like song. <laughs> and it was just like very like unexpected and, it honestly was just kind of one of those like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, sorry, sorry for no, nothing. Yeah, um, no, what you're the good. F is you're happening? Good. Moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, it, 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 that's absolutely amazing, especially because like you know, it, it sounds so perfect, and like to think that you're like in a closet, you know, dropping vocal lines. <laughs> into, it's great. That's great. It's so weird. I feel like that's actually like most of my catalog is me singing in the closet. Um, up until like my songs this year i think that was like the well i mean my, my ep fallout was recorded in a studio but like all my other releases were just me like in my closet like trying to figure out how to send files to engineers to mix <laughs> it was the whole thing that's crazy the um uh, you know i like i said uh, uh this is the product of adhd but i like to jump all over the place um yeah. but um all the girls are crazy uh also mm -hmm. was a, a soundtrack song as well um right that mm -hmm. ended up on uh what was it where's rose um yeah how, how did that come about so that really just came out of like relationship and friendship so justin boswick um who directed that movie he is uh, just a family friend. He went to film school with my sister a couple years back and we'd worked together a little bit on like um, collaborating for like music videos. And he was in the beginning stages of like starting his own production company. And he, um, you know, pitched this idea to me for this movie that's about, you know, sexual assault. And um, All the Girls Are Crazy is obviously about that as well. And he, he just kind of pitched the idea of having it be like the credit song. And it just like worked so perfectly. And I think that was a song for me that was super near and dear to my heart. But I think like around the time that I wrote it and released it, I wasn't ready to like talk about those things. And so I felt like it being in the movie was just like a perfect way to like kind of give it up, you know, like I, I let it live its own life and, you know, something that I didn't have to like cling on to so tightly. So it just worked out perfectly. And I thought it was a great film with a great message. And I was just honestly happy that I got to be a part of it in some way. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you know, and and like um, uh, soundtrack placement is like just a, a beautiful thing in, in itself. But mm-hmm. like to to have the end credit song is like um, is almost like a dunk. You know, like it's just like you get to be the last yeah. moment, the kind of you know icing on the cake of this is you you've just experienced this. Now feel this. You know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, it's a big honor for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so then, you know, um, we, we go through the, that was what, 2018, go through the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you kind of hit the ground running, dropping, um, single after single. Um, were, were, were you doing, were, were these things you had written, um, uh, uh, the previous or, or was it just like, was this, um, kind of pandemic, um, uh, progress or, uh, uh, creativity? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everything was pandemic creativity. I think like, Honestly, besides all the girls are crazy and like most of the fallout EP was written pre pandemic, but like everything else that I released throughout 2022 was like, I mean, I kind of spent that year again, like I'd started going to Berkeley online during that point. And so I was just like learning a lot about music and like I, all I could do was sit alone in my room. And so I was just writing all of these songs and like figuring out how to like make them with other people. So like, tried and true fever dream odyssey like all of the songs that i released during that year were all pandemic songs that's awesome the you um uh are a perfect person to ask um this is something i've asked a, a few people because uh this the, and this literally is uh just me showing that i'm an old man and stuff like that but um <laughs> si- but 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 singles and eps over an album um was was this a conscious thought mm. or was it just like hey i made this let me put it up yeah de- it definitely was a conscious thought i think um i over the past couple of years, as I think about like how I want to release my music, I, I love albums and I'm definitely like an album person. I love to go from start to finish. And like, especially if it's like a concept project, like that's just like everything for me. Um, and I think like in the early days of me making music throughout the pandemic, like it just wasn't easy for me to like get the songs where I wanted them to be. And so um, like I, it was just like a lot of collaboration, usually like across the country with people in different states, different time zones, whatever. So I just wasn't able to like pump out the music in a timeline that like worked for me. And um, so I felt like I had all these songs that meant a lot to me, but they didn't go together. And I'm definitely like, like fallout for me was like start to finish. There was a concept behind that. And like, I had a vision for like what the storyline was. And I think with the other songs, I was like at, in this point where like there was so much time between releases and I like kept reinventing what I wanted like a concept to be and like when it didn't come together I was just kind of like fuck it this is going to be a single like I'm not going to force it to fit in with the other songs I'm making and now that I'm kind of like at a place where I can put bodies of work together I still want to keep it small because I I don't feel like I'm ready to like give the world like my first album idea yet so I kind of have this plan to like keep making mini projects to kind of like show like people like I am an artist who who has like a a full thought period at the end of the sentence but you're gonna have to wait until I can like make the first album like everything I want it to be (laughs) 
That's awesome. No, I dig that. Yeah, you know, it, it's been this weird thing where, like, um, um, I, and that's why I always say that it's like an old man thing. Is that like, you know, um, I, I, I'm I'm from I'm from the album generation. You know, like we were all about albums, mm-hmm. and now like singles and EPs, like. To me, it makes more sense. Like, if you have it, mm-hmm. put it out. Like, it's, you know, and like, you know, a lot of albums, like I just listened to, um, I find, made it through the other day, the um, uh, Olivia Rodrigo album. And I was like, mm. I was like, no, I know this song. No, I know this song. You know, like, it's like, because, you know, so much is already released as like a single or a streaming somewhere yeah. that like, by the time you get to the album, you're just like, oh, it's just a collection of what I've heard for the past six months or something like that. Yeah. But, but like you said, when you're putting together like a complete thought and you have an idea, like, like I, the, I'm not saying one's better than the other, but like, you mm-hmm. know, you definitely, you, I, I definitely understand the approach and, it, and it's starting, it's finally starting to sink in and make sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think too, like there's such a, especially like in school and like learning about like quote strategy the only reason i put quotes around is because like i feel like the industry changes every second and like strategies need to shift to like reflect that but anyways that's another tangent um i feel like there's such a push for artists to put out singles because like you're trying to capture the attention span of like this audience that no longer has an attention span and i understand that ideology like kind of like trying to reach the consumer where they are but i i honestly i feel like i'm starting to reject that more and more where i'm like my like people who will be my fans in the future like however long that may be from now they're gonna gravitate towards my art because they like my art and like i'm not trying to reach them like i hope that they find me and like obviously like social media and whatever is a tool to do that but i think like a huge part for me of like protect protecting my own artistic integrity is to like do what feels right for me and my art. Like I feel like my, my music is like my baby and like, I don't want to coddle my baby and like give it plastic surgery so that other people will love it. Like it is perfect as it is to me. And like, there are going to be people out there who feel the same way and it's just a matter of finding them. So yeah, I definitely like, I love when a song functions as a single. That's great. But like, if it doesn't, I'm not going to force it to fit that role, you know? Sure. No, absolutely. You know, uh, that's my first tangent of the day. (laughs) I love it. No, more, more, more. We, uh, the, the, but that's, that's the thing is like this whole strategy thing, because like, it's, it's the same thing with podcasts. Like, you know, I always tell these people, you know, that, that like, uh, whenever somebody asks me like, well, how do you do like a good podcast? I'm like, I don't know. I'm I'm still doing mine. Um, you know, but like, uh, but, uh, But I do know, like, I know it's one of those weird things where I know what the strategy dictates and I know what they say to do. But a lot of times it goes against what I enjoy doing on this show. So, like, I just kind of reject it. And, like, I look, I know the numbers are going to reflect whenever I reject it. Like, you know, every once in a while I'll have a guest on here who's not a musician. All right. And it's pretty much a music Mm -hmm. podcast. But every once in a while, like, I'll have an actor or, like, I've I've had, like, um, uh, people in the NFT space. Like I've just had weird people on here and it's literally just because I want to have a conversation with them and I just want to pick their brain, you know, and and I know like looking at the numbers that those don't hit the same because like people who come to this for music are like, well, uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this guy, Uh, but, but it's not for you. It's for me. (laughs) Exactly. And I think it's, I think that's really important to like do things for ourselves when we create, you know what I mean? Like, cause I think like, I know for me, like, the joy has been completely lost at moments when 
I realize that like I'm trying to cater to what I think other people want. And I think too, a lot of the time, like, like the general public, like, I feel like, I mean, and I include myself in this, like, we don't know what we want until we see it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, we can say like, yes, these things have worked and like there, there's been a pattern of it working, but like anything cool that's like broken the mold has broken the mold you know and then we reinvent the strategy so that like everyone's doing that and then that becomes like less cool and authentic because everyone's doing it and it's like god you know it's i feel like it's easy to just lose the joy of like making something and for you like just talking to people who interest you like i think that's really important to do so kudos to you keep doing it (laughs) thank you thank you no you know what it is though like i've always thought that like um like the people i enjoy following and the people i enjoy listening to and even talking to and stuff like that are the people who Mm -hmm. just are very passionate about what they do and they're into like like it's like their lifeblood you know and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and i think i like it's it's not because it fits some kind of strategy or something like that or or you know it niched down so specific that it just hit me no it's like i i gravitate towards that passion and i like to think that there's other people mm-hmm. out there who kind of just want that too who just want to experience like something yeah. that somebody's into you know what i mean like yeah totally <laughs> i'm with you <laughs> we'll, we'll get it someday we'll get yeah. it that's we'll it. Find We're, this, after anyone hears this interview, we're going to change the entire strategy for everybody. So, oh yeah, we're we're, we're blowing up the entertainment industry right now as we speak. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So you know, you 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 were speaking about joy, and I'm going to use it as a segue. So you record this TikTok mm-hmm. of "Dirty Love" uh, by Mount Joy. And uh, yeah. it's a beautiful segment, yeah. right? Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, so, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> so, so you record this TikTok. Um, as you're recording that TikTok, are you thinking, oh, this will change my life? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> that was another like pandemic TikTok where I was like, I'm bored and I like this song and I'm just going to like, I'm not a huge like social media person. So it's rare, especially in those days when like no one was telling me to, like it was rare for me to put something up. And yeah, I mean, it stayed at like three likes and like 20 views up until like Matt saw it from and like, it was just like a little innocuous TikTok on my page. I didn't expect anything. It's amazing. Did you ever find out like how, how it made it is its way to, to Matt or. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it was just some random lady who tagged them on, on TikTok and was like, you should watch this. And like, I mean, that day, like, I think they saw her comment and watched it and were like, oh, cool. Like, it it was, I don't remember her name or her username, but that lady is the one who started it all. (laughs) I was going to say, she better have, like, at least a ticket to a show or something. Like, Yeah, (laughs) I should reach out to her, (laughs) for sure. That's amazing. So so then based off of that, um, you get to uh, perform with them last, was that last summer? Yeah, that was last September. That's wild. Uh, like uh, it, absolutely incredible. And then, and then you guys put together uh, a little love. Um, tell, tell me about like, did you have that already written before any idea of collaborating or? Yeah, I'd written that song. Um, yeah. Long before I had, I had started talking to them. I think I wrote it. I mean, it was after we'd met, but I think I wrote it in like November of last year. And 
I started working on it with a friend of mine who who produced my other song Odyssey and I sent it to him and he like built out the production for it and it was just like kind of us making it and I threw it in my demo folder and was kind of like all right well whatever like I have other songs I'm focusing on and um so the song was written made produced like everything and then I ended up at some point in the new year of this year, like sharing my demo folder with Matt and um, it caught his eye. So it was cool. Cause it was like, Oh wow. Like he's been such a big songwriting inspiration for me. And it was like, Oh my God, like one of my songwriting idols, like like something that I wrote, like it was pretty cool. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. The, uh, and, and, and it turned out like beautifully, like, uh, and, and, uh, I, I, I don't know, you probably didn't see this, but, uh, I do these, uh, little, uh, video snippets where I, I, I name weekly Johns. It's just literally what I listen to throughout the week. Like what's what oh, new cool. songs. And, and, yeah. and it, I think it might've been one of the very first weekly Johns, uh, that I released as uh, on a reel or something like that. But, um, but it, it's just, it's just, it's such a beautiful, song and like your voices go together so perfectly that like uh, it just oh, makes it you. makes sense to me like it, it's it's wild that it was written with without his input you know early on because like it thank just you. it's so seamless like it just feels it feels so good I feel like it just goes to show like how much I've like listened to them as a band like I think that there's especially on like some of my more my more recent stuff like I definitely feel like they have a big influence on me and in, in, in terms of just how I write. And so I think that was a huge part of it is just like they're, they've been so important to me as like a band to look up to that it just kind of fit together. And I feel like I've sung along to his song so many times, like it was just meant to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you got to uh, open the uh, uh, um, man shows this year what what was that like like getting to kind of do to essentially perform you know something with the person who inspired it essentially inspired the writing like for a crowd of like a hometown crowd that's got to feel amazing yeah the energy was like definitely palpable it was like it's i mean their philly shows are so special like everyone is is really just like it's like this little bubble of just like excitement and energy. And it was, it was really cool for me because like, obviously I'm very much like up and coming. I'm not very established and I've never had an, like all of my shows, I think even like the bigger ones I played have been opening for someone much larger than me. And so like, no one's there to, to see me or they don't know my songs. And like, that's special in its own right. Getting to like sing something for the first time in front of an audience who hasn't heard it before, but like being able to play it at the main and like seeing people like, singing the words along with me was like it was just something that hadn't happened to me before on that scale and it was just like definitely a huge gratitude moment of like being able to like share that with people like I felt like everyone was excited that like I think Philly too is such a special city because like, we really like root for our own and I felt like a lot of the people there were like oh my god like that's just awesome and we just want to like support these Philly people who are making music and it was just a really great experience, yeah. Heck yeah, that's cool. You, you mentioned opening. You also got to open for Hozier at the, the <laughs> World Cafe Live pop-up, which is amazing. Uh, yeah. One of my other guests, um, Caroline Weinroth, who performs as Cinema Hearts, um, she mm -hmm. opened the DC show. And, and like 
I was just like the like the 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 two of you are like the perfect complement for for a hoser show that I was so mad oh, that I missed you. both of them. Like I was like, damn it, that would have been that would have been beautiful. What was what was that experience like? Because like those those pop up shows, I think sold out in what like two minutes or something ridiculous. Yeah, it's actually like so funny because my family are like huge hosier fans. Like since his first his first album and like um. So we, like, I saw the World Cafe Live Instagram post that he was playing, like, way too late. And so I, I came home that day and I was pissed off because I didn't get a ticket. And, like, I remember, like, my mom and I were just like, God damn it. Like, how do we miss this? And we were really in our feelings about it. And, um, like, when I got the call that, like, I've been selected, like, I just, like, freaked out. Because not only was it obviously just, like, a huge, like, honor to be able to play for another, like, songwriter who's really, really influenced me. But, um, like to also be able to see him perform at such an intimate venue was like, it was just like two dreams, like scratched off the list, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. Like, and, and I'm, I'm excited because, uh, um, well, this will air right after it happens. So, um, mm. this weekend I got to see you perform at the exponential music festival. So I'm not excited for it. I'm excited that it happened in the past. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, of course. And um, it went beautifully, of course. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Um but but that's a but th- that's another like great stage for you. Like that's a, a, a great placement. Yeah. Um uh all right, I'm gonna pretend like it I'm not gonna stop pretending that we're in the future. Um so like uh <laughs> so so um leading up to that, any any kind of uh surprises we may have already seen or we will see. I see now I'm confusing myself. <laughs> now the timelines are all messed up um i think yeah so i'm performing a lot of songs that are on a potential upcoming project of mine which may or may not be happening um no i'm really excited i i think like obviously big stage like i'm so excited to just like be there and like be able to play but i'm doing a full band show um, there may or may not be like some vocoder things happening on stage, a lot of like cool moments, um, playing songs that I've played before, but also songs that are about to, you know, come out and that will be out of my hands soon. So it's always exciting to like prep a, a fresh set list. You know, I think um, I, you know, I have like set lists made that I play for like shows that I have, you know, whenever they come up, but like this is a new fresh thing and i'm i'm excited to be able to share it that's so cool i'm i'm excited to uh uh have seen it see i'm doing it again yeah. <laughs> uh so uh, and then and then of course the philly music fest um uh date mm-hmm. is the 11th of october is that right something like that yes that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The 11th. um and and what a lineup for that show um i'm super yes. excited for that one um uh how like uh how, did greg just kind of reach out to you or was that something you were trying to get involved in or yeah no he sent me an email um back in like february or march and asked if i'd be interested and of course i was super excited um i i philly music fest is just such a cool thing and it's crazy that like he's like greg is the one who like does it all and like organizes and puts it together so and i love marion hill all the other artists on the bill are like super cool and i'm excited to watch everyone set i I think that's like the coolest part about like this year and the shows i've been able to play is like i get to see other artists that like i enjoy and who i look up to so i'm really excited and i also just love world cafe and playing there every time is like such a joy (laughs) 
Yeah, and uh, it, 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 that's um, it, it, Ryan's on that bill, right? Ryan Gilfillian, mm-hmm. also former yes. guest, um, who like is another person who I'm absolutely excited to see um mm-hmm. because he's he's just another person who like like it, i i i literally think you guys have the best uh, the best uh, lineup like the best date um of, for, for the <laughs> oh, fest oh wow thank you um, yeah. because it's just like, it's, it's like all of my sensibilities in one, like, it's just, it's, it's absolutely perfect. And I, I can't wait for that. Oh, hell yeah. Well, me neither. Um, so the, um, uh, um, uh, so you, you mentioned a, a possible upcoming project, like what, uh, what, what, what uh, are, are you thinking album or are you thinking, uh, just some, some nondescript project of. We'll go, we'll go with nondescript. Um, it's, uh, I will say it's not an album, but it is a project and it is a concept project of mine that I've been, you know, enjoying making. It's had a lot of collaboration on it, which has been really fun. Um, and yeah, I think this is, this is a cool project for me. Cause I think like from a songwriting perspective, I'm much more candid than I, I think I've been before. And I think it's been a fun stretch for my like artistic sensibility. I think I cover some grounds that I haven't covered before and I'm very excited for it to, to come out. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I know like uh, we're always all growing and we're always all changing and evolving and stuff like that. But do you feel like you've yeah. kind of settled into your sound? Like, do you think you've, you, you know, what, what, a, no, uh, no? <laughs> no, you're still not at all. I think, you know, I, I think that there there are elements of my sound that will stay consistent. Like I love having like, you know, thick vocal stacks. I like love creating harmonies. I think that's something that will always be like a trademark of my music. But I think in terms of everything else, like it's really song by song, project by project. Like there are periods where like I'm listening to like different things and like I'm inspired by that and I'll write more in that style. And I think that that's also another reason why I love EPs is because I feel like, yes, it's a project, but like sometimes I don't have like 10 to 12 songs that I feel like fit together in a certain way, like stylistically, but for an EP, it's like, okay, yeah, I have five songs. Like I'm going to, I'm just going to put them together and um, they can, I feel like it gives me freedom to be like different. Like each EP can be like slightly different and like they're still full thoughts. So I think, no, I'm still kind of, settling into like giving myself some freedom to do different things. All right. No, I love it. That's a great answer. Great answer. At this time, you want to go through my uh, jauntlet questionnaire. These are the questions that I ask every guest that gets to come through here. It starts with the one hit wonders and one hit wonder by a name of segment only. But uh, the first one, (laughs) Billy Joel or Elton John, who do you prefer? Uh, I mean, that's hard. I think Billy Joel though. I listened to a lot of Billy Joel growing up and, Big influence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I dig it. I dig it. Uh, number two, Debbie Harry or Joan Jett? Joan Jett. I thought that she was like the coolest person ever when I was younger, so I have to go with her. <laughs> Absolutely. Still uh, 100% cool. Like, just the, she is yeah. one oh, of the coolest people to have ever lived. I mean, that definitely hasn't faded, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Aretha Franklin or Tina Turner? Another really hard one. I think I'm going to have to go with uh, Tina Turner. Okay. Just like such an icon. Not that Aretha isn't, of course, but, you know, Tina's been on our minds recently with her recent passing. So I'm going to go with her. Okay, excellent. Um, I, I thought, um, I think it was uh, Adam from Low Cut Connie who had uh, an answer that was like, um, 
uh, Aretha vocally, um, Tina for performance. And I was like, oh, you rewrote the rules. Come on. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's a good answer. (laughs) Perfect answer, right? (laughs) Uh, Next one, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? I think Nirvana. I think I I think I mean, God, it's so hard. Like, these are really hard questions, but I think I'm gonna have to go with Nirvana simply because of like, I just grew up hearing listening to a lot more Nirvana still. I think I found Pearl Jam a little bit later in my in my musical development. (laughs) Okay, no respect, respect. Uh, Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Uh, Stevie Nicks. I I love Stevie Nicks. I think that Oh God, she's so cool. And I'm a big like Fleetwood Mac fan, like since childhood. So I, yeah, Stevie Nicks. Excellent. And we we have to support the witchiness. Yes, definitely. Uh, The big cliche, uh, Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. Diehard Beatles fan. Always will be. (laughs) Sorry, Stones. (laughs) No, it makes sense. It, it, it actually tracks. Like, uh, I always like to tell people that I, I, I pre-guess what people's answers are going to be. And uh, yeah, oh, I can yeah. definitely see Beatles. How am yeah, I doing yeah. so far? Yeah, no, pretty, pretty spot on. Uh, Tina Turner threw me for a, oh, cool. a, a loop, though. That one threw me threw me off. Uh, the, oh, wow. Cool. The, the last one of the stock ones, Bohemian Rhapsody or Stairway to Heaven? Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how could you not? it's exactly exactly um every once in a while in this section i like to uh, throw a curveball and throw um specific ones uh for the guests so uh julia uh, uh, i got i got two for you and this is all um because of the jazz background uh we'll start Mm. with um uh ella fitzgerald or billy holiday oh god um (laughs) i think i'm gonna have to go with billy yeah i there's something about like the tone of her voice that has always just been like, it's, I mean, I just like, I'm not, and I love Ella too, but there's just something about Billy that just like strikes me differently. I think that she like, there's a rasp and like, just this like character that like, I, I, you, I can't even like articulate. And I just, I love, I love her. But yeah, so definitely Billy. Excellent. Yeah. There are certain voices that like, I think, I think are like uh, tonally coded for um, people's souls. And, uh, yes. and that sounds like yours. I get it. I totally yes. get it. Uh, and the, the last one I'll tack on, um, Miles or Coltrane? Uh, Coltrane. Yeah, sax player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to go with him. Definitely Coltrane. <laughs> also yes. from Philly. Yes. So we yeah. got we to gotta support that. That's it. Represent. Uh, the next section is the uh, top 10 countdown. Uh, now, of course, you know this, um, but I, I'll just reiterate it for anybody listening who may not. Uh, John can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be music. It can be anything. Uh, but the first one, what was your first John? What was the first thing you were obsessed with when you were a child? Oh, God. I think random, but... Um vacuum cleaners really <laughs> kind of random i i there's a story that my mom tells about how like i took our our family vacuum cleaner in my room when i was like five and like started taking it apart and trying to put it back together i don't know where that curiosity went somewhere down the line but i think that was like the first thing that i was like i can remember being just like super obsessed with like how does this work and like how can i like put it together or take it apart and like put it back together and have it still work so random, but yeah. 
I like it. And now I'll, I'll offer you something that you could possibly use, and that is uh, John Fishman, the drummer from Fish, actually plays the vacuum cleaner uh, during live shows. And I think there's a few vacuum cleaner solos on Lawn Boy. Um, maybe yeah. that's something you can imp- introduce into your own music, you know? You can merge two yeah. loves. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep an eye out for my next few projects. There might be some <laughs> vacuum cleaner noises in there. Excellent. Yeah. See, you hear to hear folks first, folks. Uh, number two, what's your current, John? What are you into right now? Um, I have gone back, like I've recently slipped back into this. Um, oh my God. Now that you're asking me, I totally forget what it is I've been listening to. Um, Declan McKenna. He like, I just like, I loved, I've loved his albums and like his songs since he first started releasing music, but I've recently gone back and do a deep dive of his stuff. Like, over the past day or two and it's it's on my mind (laughs) that's awesome perfect answer i love it uh number three what was your first concert what was the first live show you saw my first live show i actually didn't go to concerts much as a kid i think my first show was sean mendez when i was like 15 um yeah i i went i definitely went through a sean mendez phase so i think that was my first one Hey, there's no shame in that game. There is the, this is the tagline of this show is displace the guilt, embrace the pleasure, because I don't believe in guilty pleasures and I've always wanted. Yeah. So, so own it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Sean Mendez. I love Sean Mendez. Let's go, Sean. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Uh, Number four, what was your last concert? What was the last live show you saw? The last concert I saw was, I think, Tiny Habits, um, a couple like last month at um, the Foundry. That was an awesome show. I love them. They're sick. That's great. Uh, number five, what's your favorite concert? What was the best show you ever saw? Okay. Five Seconds of Summer was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. They are, I, I think I saw them in like 2018 and they were like such good performers, like to the point where my mom didn't want to go, but she, she dragged, I, I dragged her along with me and she left like a fan and she still is a big fan of them to this day like they're great performers that is tied with the hosier show that i just saw a couple months ago because i mean i can't not include that (laughs) yeah that's that's so incredibly special like i i just saw like those kind of like small little intimate shows with people who you feel like you probably missed the mark to ever see in a small intimate venue like that are the best my wife and i just in uh, June, got uh, to see Jeff Tweedy at the Atlantic in D.C., and it was like oh, wow. the coolest experience to like just be in a room of like 450 other people and and Jeff wow. Tweedy playing guitar. Like it was it was almost like uh, like it's bigger than a living room, but it felt like a living room show, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. It's so special, and I'm I'm so glad that there are artists who who do that. You know, I think it's it's important. To, yeah. to give people the opportunity to like re- to live that with you. I don't know. It must, I wonder how it must feel for them too. Like you can easily play an arena and then you come to like a 600 cap room and like do your thing, you know, it must be cool. Yeah, that's like uh, I, I I always had these uh, delusions of grandeur of uh, enormous fame, but I always was like uh, I I think if I ever become super famous, I'm still gonna like drop in on open mics and just uh... <laughs> yeah, just make some people's days, you know? Yeah, just do like a three song set and be like, oh, I hope you hope you enjoyed my time, you know, just like the yeah. old days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, number six, who have you never seen live that you wish you would have? They can be living or dead. Winehouse, I think uh, definitely. I 
I love Amy Winehouse and I mean who doesn't but yeah she's definitely had a big impact on me just as like a human being and like listening to her music and like learning about her um even after she passed like just what a figure you know so definitely her yeah, absolutely. You know, I think she's one of those people who like, uh, you know, like you said, everybody loves Amy Winehouse. But I feel like if if you do just a little bit of a deeper dive, you start to find like you'll love her even more, you know, like, yeah, and, like I, there's, yeah. I, I DJ weddings. And um, one of the things that I like to play is um, she did this um uh, I want to say maybe it was like an AOL session or, or some, some little thing like that. But, um, she does a cover of, uh, to know him is to love him. And it's just her and a guitar. Mm. And, and I always play that I've during a that. dinner set. Isn't it beautiful? I always it's play it during so dinner good. sets, man. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, there's uh God, there's this, this one song, it's kind of a deep cut. Um, it's called what it is. And it's literally like this ballad with just her and, and a guitar and I think that song, like, I have this playlist on Spotify that I keep adding to called Songs That Rewired My Brain. And that song rewired my brain. Like, I think I heard it the first time and was like, literally stopped in my tracks and was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, so I would definitely recommend that song. But yeah, just in general, it's just incredible. Brilliant. I love it. Uh, number seven, what's an unappreciated John? Name something that you wish had more attention to it. Okay. There's this... Um, singer-songwriter named Kevin Garrett, who he is definitely like, he, he has a career. Like he's not like some guy in a basement who no one knows about, but I think that he should be way bigger than he is. Um, he, his songwriting to me is like unparalleled. And I, I love his voice and like his musicality is just like everything to me. And I've always like, I've been following him for years and years and years. And every time I'm like, why is he not like bigger, you know? And yeah. Maybe he, I think, I get the feeling he's probably someone who who doesn't want to be like huge. Like, I don't know that's, I mean, I don't know him, but you know, my, my uh, thoughts are maybe like, this is intentional, but I just, every time I like someone asks me to play a song that they might not have ever heard, I always pick a Kevin Garrett song. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll have, to, I'll have to check it out after after we do this interview. That's uh, but but yeah. th- this question and this kind of concept and idea is was literally the the birthplace of this this podcast because like I love mm. bringing attention to people who I'm just like why is this person first of all why is this person talking to me second of all why is this person <laughs> not bigger you know what I mean like they 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 should be yeah. bigger than being than talking to me like no but but yes uh, it's, it's uh, I, I will definitely have to check some of that out. Uh, as soon as yeah, this is do done. it. Uh, number eight. What's your favorite album? Okay, this is a really hard one, but I I think I finally landed on a choice, which is um, Supermodel by Foster the People. I think it was like a 2014 album, and another one that like for me reinvented the wheel. And like I, that's another one that I like recently dove back into, like within the past few months, and listening to it like with fresh ears as like a 20 something year old now, like it's, it hits so much different than it did when I was a teenager. And like, I love when there's a project that's like so nuanced that like you can, you can like see it in different parts of your life and like feel differently towards it and like see, hear different things and understand it differently. And I think that's an album that like will probably I'll grow with for like the rest of my life. So I think it has to be supermodel. <laughs> 
Awesome answer. I love it. Uh, number nine, name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they release. Mm, Posier. Yeah. Um, probably also Declan McKenna on top of that. I, I love Declan McKenna. <laughs> I've already mentioned before like three times, but yeah. It's awesome. You, you'll have to, um, write a, uh, a, another duet, uh, for, for you and Declan to pull off. That's the move. Oh God. You know, these are the things I can, I can't even dare to dream about. <laughs> well, you know, just write something in a style, throw it in your demo folder and then th- send it off to her. <laughs> in the link there we go <laughs> it's, Easy. it's it's been a success so far so just continue if it ain't broke you know don't fix it <laughs> exactly exactly uh the 10th and final of the top 10 countdown what is your favorite john of all time again can be anything you want it to be okay i think i'm gonna go crazy cat lady and say my cat i yeah. i have a cat he's he's a black cat <laughs> his name is jackson and he is like my emotional support cat. And I I think like he honestly has been a big part of my musical journey because I got him like during my gap year, like or at the start of my gap year, I guess. And he's just been with me through like all of the figuring it out. And I think the cutest and best thing about him for me is that like he loves hearing me sing. And so I actually write most of my songs with him sitting right next to me. Um, and he just like falls asleep and like, I know when a song is good because he'll like fall asleep. And if he doesn't like it, like he'll get up and leave. And typically those are the songs that I end up scrapping. And so I feel like somehow psychically he like knows what's going on. Um, So yes, my cat. (laughs) I love it. That is amazing. Shout out to Jackson. Shout out Jackson. Yeah. Um, so, uh, here's a, here's a, here's a, a random question and I don't know if there's an mm-hmm. actual answer. Um, you know, you do a lot of, um, uh, you do some piano stuff, you do some, uh, mm-hmm. guitar stuff. Is there something you feel more focused to or more drawn to, uh, when you're writing, uh, uh early on or is it, or, mm-hmm. or do you kind of uh, approach it by instrument? So like, if you're writing a song, you know, like, oh, this is a, I need a piano on this or, or do you let it? Yeah, grow? I think it's song by song. Um, I think like recently I've been writing pretty much all my songs on guitar. And then like, if it's like a really hard progression for me to play, I'll move it over to piano and, um, figure out a way to make it work. But I think like recently I've just been really honed in on guitar, especially as like, I learn more about it and like feel more confident playing it. I just like, it's such a good it's such a great instrument and I've recently discovered different tunings and I'm like, Oh shit, this is like a new instrument. And so I'm having a good time trying to like write primarily there. But again, it's song by song. Some every once in a while, I'll sit down at the piano and write something and then it's a piano song, you know? Yeah. That's awesome though. I love, I love the achievement unlock of learning a, a new tunings. Like it's, it's like it opens, it, it's a whole new toolbox, isn't it? It's like, Oh, it's okay. so fun. Yeah. yeah I, I, have definitely had days where I've just sat going through my guitar tuna app and like changing to all the different open tunings and like figuring it out. And it's, those are some of my favorite memories. Yeah. I, I spent um, a good period of time just um, mimicking all of the different tunings that Chris Caraba used in dashboard confessional. And, and that was like a, a yeah. good, a good uh, like six or seven months of my songwriting uh, for a period of time in the early 2000s. Oh, cool. <laughs> I might have to copy you on that. That's cool. Check it out. Check it awesome. out. He's got some good yeah. ones in there. 
Um, Thanks did, for the wreck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the other the other question uh, musically that I, I wanted to ask is like uh, you do very well um, uh, with sparse instrumentation um, and layering vocals and stuff like that. Um, do you have a sound in your head for like a full like a, a lush band like a multi piece band, or do you kind of mm-hmm. gravitate more towards you know what you've kind of put out, or is that just by necessity? of I've got myself and I can absolutely lay all of this down without that's a good question I think um I think I think of it both ways I I kind of like the the method of like releasing more stripped down recorded songs and then doing them differently live because that's something that I I admire about a lot of other artists who I look up to it's like they'll have these really like soft intimate recorded songs and then you go to see them and it's like their full band like there's like a full heavy drum kit and like it changes the vibe and i i like to kind of like set myself up to let a song express itself in different ways and i feel like sometimes it's almost easier to like build it too much and then when you strip it down i think it's more predictable. Whereas like when people hear you be soft, like in a recorded version, and then you make it bigger, it's kind of like they're expecting you to stay small and intimate. And they're like, it just, they see the song in a different light. So I think I definitely, when I write something, I always imagine what it's going to sound like in different ways. And if that manifests in the recording, cool. But like, sometimes it just stays soft and I, I save the, the noise for live shows. (laughs) It's awesome because, yeah, I mean, like that's perfect in that it, it, you know, it exists in both. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, live recordings and B sides, and uh, so now I have to ask because um, uh, one of my favorite things you've done is um, the songs you recorded uh, with WXPN's The Key. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Would you put like a live album out or like a, a, a oh, session 100%. recording? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that I've always wanted to do and just haven't had like the resources to do up until probably now. Um, That's definitely something that I'm going to explore, especially for a lot of my older songs where like I didn't really have the resources to maybe make them exactly how I wanted to. Like I still love those songs. And so I, I definitely would, I can see myself like kind of putting together like a little compilation, like live album of songs that of mine that I feel like didn't get their, their attention when they deserved it you know (laughs) yeah heck yeah i love it i love it okay so we got uh philly music fest coming up october 11th Mm -hmm. um we've got the super secret project that uh may or may be something or you know we're just kind of (laughs) alluding to um are there any uh singles on the horizon are you releasing any other songs coming up or yes i do have a single coming out and this you said this is coming out like next week this will be the 25th yes Oh, perfect. Yeah, I I do have a single coming out on the 29th. Okay. Um, it is. Yeah. So in, in a couple of weeks, and it's definitely, again, like this project, this potential project that may or may not exist is definitely more candid in the songwriting. So it's, I'm a little bit nervous to put this one out. But I'm also excited to get it off my chest. So I'm excited for people to hear it. Excellent. I can't wait to hear it. Well, if these good folks uh, listening at home would like to follow you or find you on the internet, what's the best way to track you down? What are the uh, socials? Yes. Yeah, my social media handles are all just Julia Pratt music. And uh, you can listen to my music anywhere that you listen, uh, just at Julia Pratt. 
I love it. Julia, thank you so much for doing this and not just for uh, taking the time to talk to dumb old me um, sitting in the, in, in the cabin porch, uh, but also for creating all of the awesome music that you've created so far and all of the awesome music you'll go on to create in the future. Um, I am so excited uh, to uh, see you uh, in the past at the Exponential yeah. Music Festival next weekend. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast and it's been so fun talking to you. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, thanks. And also, Uh, please don't get wrecked by the hurricane coming. Hopefully we'll survive. Yeah. (laughs) My thanks again to Julia for joining me on the show today. You can hear her collaboration with Matt Quinn of Mount Joy, A Little Love, right now. And her next single, Julia Baby, is set to be released this coming Friday, September 29th. Both of those available on all streaming services. Julia will be performing at the World Cafe Live on October 11th as part of the Philly Music Fest alongside Marion Hill, Saturn, Trap Rabbit, Brian Gilfillian, and Sophie Coran. Tickets are still available, but these Philly Music Fest shows sell out, so be sure to lock down your tickets ASAP. You can find out more about Julia, including upcoming shows and more, on her website at www.juliaprattmusic.com. And you can follow her on the socials on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Julia Pratt Music. And last but not least, head on over and check out Julia's interview with our friend Dan over on the 25 O'Clock Podcast. So much more info to add on over there. Dan does an absolutely incredible show. Links to all of those, as always, will be in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And gang, it is never too late to get yourself a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world just by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, merchandise, and links to all of the previous episodes of this podcast. And while you are there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list to get all of the updates delivered straight into your inbox. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo that's my John for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at yo that's my John and search yo that's my John on YouTube to find the yo that's my John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out and touch some John. Good times y'all. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, we're back with another episode next week. So come on back for my interview with Sean James. Blue skies. Until next time, everybody. Hey, yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have to be... Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo that's my john at gmail.com. 
Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash YTMJ slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my John. <laughs>